Well, good morning again, church. Good to be with you, as always. Uh, we're in the second week of this new series in James called More Than Words. And uh, if you were with us last week, you'll remember we just started on only the, the first verse. Uh, verse. Verse 1, which was when James described himself as a slave to Christ. And so we spent a whole bunch of time uh, looking into that and what that uh, means for us today. Well, this week you'll be happy to know that we're doing 16 verses, right? So it's a much bigger passage. And so, so that you don't get sick of hearing my voice, I've asked Rachel to read that to us now. Thanks, Rach. James 1, 2 to 18 reads, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honoured them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possessions. Thanks again, Rach, for that. And you also remember last week, you know, in, in this introduction to, to James, I was talking about uh, the whole premise of this book really is James um, really calling on the church to say that there should be an outward sign of this inward faith. You know, if we're not seeing an outward sign, we have to uh, ask ourselves why. We have to look at what our faith is, is really all about. This outward sign, it's, it's more, this faith in Jesus, it's more than a verbal declaration of belief in him. It's more than our words that demonstrates our love for Christ. And, I, you know, I really think James is saying this, this faith that we have in Jesus, it's, it's got to be real. You know, we have to be able to see it. You, can, you should be able to say to people, can you, can you see Jesus in me? Can you see my faith in him and the way that I live my life? And so this week, and this passage that you just heard from Rachel, uh, we're really focusing in on this outward sign in this passage. And in amongst all the teaching in this passage, here is what I want you to take home today. An outward sign of a person who follows Jesus really is a growing maturity. You know, there's a growing up that happens because of our faith in our Lord. And maturity, more than anything, 
uh, it comes from learning endurance. So let me just do that verse two again. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. I mean, there's some big statements in there, right? You know, two, two in particular that jump out at me. First, the first thing is that trouble of any kind, apparently, according to James, is an opportunity for, for great joy. Not even just joy. He says great joy. I mean, that's, that's a big call, isn't it? And then the second thing is he says, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Again, that's, that's a big call from James. And just like last week when the, the word slave didn't seem right at first, here we are again contemplating some of these words that don't sit right with us when we first read them. And, and the one that jumps out first is this word joy. And it doesn't seem like a very good a pastoral care on James's behalf, you know, he's talking to people about trouble, about trials. You know, you just imagine, or I could imagine anyway, if someone came into my, my office to talk to me about a, something significant going on in their life that, that was trouble. You know, it was really testing them. And the last thing that they want to hear from me is, well, you should consider this an opportunity for great joy. You know, that, that's not what I would say. But I think it's, un, it's important to understand that James is not, he's not in a counseling session with us. You know, this, this, this is teaching. He's writing a letter to the Christians, to the churches, and he's teaching us some hard truths about life and faith. It's things that we do need to hear. But he also gives us a reason for hope. And it isn't that always the truth, and isn't that always the truth about obedience in Christ, you know, sometimes it's, we have to hear hard truths to know what it means to follow Jesus. But there's always hope. There's always a good reason why we have to hear those things. In these four paragraphs alone, James leads us through a very deep theology around suffering and the opportunity to grow in four areas. And you may have noticed that they all start with the letter T, trials, troubles, testing, and temptation, the four T's that no one likes. You know, we, we hate those things because they cause us grief. They cause us pain. Sometimes we feel shame from them. Sometimes they cause us to suffer. They have short and long-term consequences. They have the potential to result in loss of relationships, you know, lo- loss of well-being, loss of finances, perhaps. Or, you know, it can be loss of dreams. Sometimes there's even loss of life. It's that serious. And you're right now, if you're right now in a time of trouble, maybe you're in a time of testing or or a time of temptation, the last thing you want from me is to tell you this is an opportunity for joy. And so let me just say, in the middle of a trial, it can be hard to hear this teaching when you need to hear support and encouragement first. You want me to preach on breakthrough prayer and healing and hope and peace, and comfort. And if you're in that place today, then please start with, with, with those things. Because all those things are very real, and they're important, and they, they apply to your situation. 
And while I think this teaching is important for you, the first stop for you is support and, and understanding from others. And you have that from us and you have that from your Lord as well. He, he is, you know, he understands because he's been through more than what we can often imagine. You know, he understands. He, he is that loving God. I mean, we probably all have some things going on right now to some degree in our life, particularly with the pandemic we're in the middle of. But it's easier to take in this teaching when our mental and emotional state is in a better place, you know, so that we can learn, so that we've got the ability to respond like we should. But maturity is important. It's growth. We become more complete, according to James. You know, it's a, it is a sign of faith. And in my opinion, maturity is gained through learning endurance. And I think James is, this is what he's trying to tell us. So do not underestimate the, the importance of learning endurance. You know, church, this is important for us. Don't underestimate this. Here's my lessons from James about these four T's and the power of endurance. Number one, when trials come, here's what I've learned from James. Pause and consider the opportunity. This is what he said exactly. His words were, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider. You know, that word consider. You don't rush past that. Because to consider something means you actually have to stop and think. The very first thing James says to do when you face trials, testing, trouble, or temptation is to consider. So you stop and you think deeply about what is happening in this time. You know, what is it that God maybe is trying to teach me? Or he's saying that you can learn from this time. This, this is an opportunity that can come out of this. Now, this is not our, our natural tendency, is it? You know, when we face these things, we, we don't tend to stop and consider the opportunity to, to think maybe there's, you know, there's joy in this because we're going to grow. We don't think like that. It's hard to do because emotions we experience in times of trouble, they have a tendency. I don't know about you, but, but I have this. You know, our, our emotions build very quickly and they, they can control us and, and they can lead us in outcomes that aren't really that healthy for us. Whereas James is saying you should stop and rationally consider what, what the opportunity might be. Now, don't get me wrong. Emotions in of themselves are, are normal and, and God gave them to us for a reason. If it's pain or, or the potential for pain, you know, that stirs an emotion in us. If there's times of trouble, you know, we, we might experience fear and that's normal. Fear and pain are normal. We don't pretend that they don't exist. You know, they, they are part of who we are. In fact, we need fear. If it wasn't for fear, we would probably do things that we shouldn't. You know, we might tend to do um, some stupid things more than we do now. Without fear, I'm more likely to take uncalculated risks and, and cause damage to myself and to others. So that's natural. Healthy fear is okay. You know, the word says that I have not given you a spirit of fear. Now, it doesn't say fear by itself. It says a spirit of fear. So fear is okay when we learn how to, to deal with it in a, an emotionally healthy way. A spirit of fear, on the other hand, that's something different. I think a spirit of fear is an unhealthy amount of fear that starts, you know, it overtakes us. 
it dominates our thinking and our emotions and it, and it holds us back from so much. And, and if that's our problem, that, you know, Jesus is saying, I didn't give you that spirit of fear. So that's what we should be praying about that to, for, for God to take that away from us. And, and we should be seeing people to help us overcome that. But back to the main point from James. And that's to take time when trials come our way to consider that opportunity. And I would encourage you, if you're like me, and something unexpected pops up in your life, you know, it might be a difficulty, you know, like we have at the moment. It could be conflict has come out of the blue that you, you weren't expecting. The key thing here is to acknowledge the emotion that you're feeling first. You know, awareness is key, I think, in these things when it comes to our emotions. Being aware of how we tend to feel emotions, being aware of what our reactions are to those things. So when, when those moments come in our life, it's, awareness is important. Acknowledge the emotions. Um, you know, wait till we can manage um, how that feels and what that out, how we might express ourselves. When we can manage that, then we're ready to do something else. Don't do anything until our emotions are under control. And then we pray and we consider what is the opportunity and this is the big one that James suggests. Number two, the opportunity is endurance. You know, this is the one that he's pointed out. This is the lesson we're going to learn. This is the thing that's going to change us. Verse three says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Church, can I just say this? Don't underestimate how powerful endurance is and how significant an impact it has on a mature and productive life. You know, it's life changing. If we don't learn this lesson of endurance, we, we don't grow up. You know, we don't become mature in our faith. Endurance is the outcome of testing. According to James here in verse three, if we're willing to acknowledge and accept the opportunity before us to be refined, you know, in the, refined in the fire, so to speak. If we let our emotions win and react poorly, we miss the opportunity and set ourselves up to suffer through that probably a similar pattern over and over again. And we don't grow up. We don't learn from it. We don't, you know, we miss out on the benefit of that. I'm not saying that trials and trouble are good, but there is a good outcome if we're willing to see it. And God will help us with that. Number three, endurance plays an important role in transforming us more into the character of God. That alone is... Is a, is a good reason to take this seriously. Verse 4 says, So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Like I said, that's a big statement for James to say. But he says it, and it's in, it's in our Bible. It's in the Word. He says, So let it grow. So let it happen. It sounds like Jesus to me, this idea of fully developed, perfect, complete, needing nothing. You know, this really does sound like Jesus. It you know, developing endurance, it changes us to be more like him. It's character building. It's life changing. And this is the whole premise, really, I think, of James's whole letter. This being with Jesus is life changing. And we should be able to see it. Mature Christians walking around, revealing their faith in Jesus through the very 
character and their actions. This is what James is asking us for. James goes as far as saying when it's fully developed, there'll be, you'll be perfect and complete and needing nothing. It's important. In fact, maybe, may, can I go as far as saying endurance should be highly prized by all of us. We, we should be able to say that's, that's an important thing in every Christian's life. The complete person is one whose character is fully tuned to God. This is one of the goals of our growing faith. It's a fully formed character. It's, in, it's an imitation of Christ in a, in a way. We need to start seeing maturity through endurance as this prized possession. Our trials shouldn't break us. They should make us. When we learn endurance, we begin to find it easier when we face future trials and temptations. The more endurance you learn, the fitter you are. The more mature you are, the more emotionally healthy you are. And when you arrive at that next mountain, you know, you've got this level of endurance in you that's it's high enough to get you through that next trial, uh, tri- trial or, or, or testing without destroying you. You know, this is what endurance does for us as we go through life. Number four, endurance makes us more usable, more usable by Jesus. Just like in any area of sport, you know, the more you train, the fitter you get, the, the more skills you have, the more the coach kind of wants to use you. You know, if, you, if you're playing a game of basketball, it's the, it's the ones who, who work the hardest, who learn the most, who have the most endurance that the coach is more likely to use. The more spiritually and emotionally mature we are, the more useful we are to Jesus and his kingdom. It doesn't mean that we're useless if we don't learn endurance, but there's no doubt that um, there's more that we can do for God and he's going to use us in more ways. Number five, God gives you what you need to get through. And this is the important thing. It's not all on your shoulders. You know, it's not like uh, James is sitting here saying, you need to shape up. Um, you know, try harder. Um, and, and while there is a call for us to respond, the good thing is that God gives us what we need. So verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, this is connected to this idea of trials and troubles and temptation and testing and endurance. If you need wisdom for these things, ask our generous God and he will give it to you and he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. You know, this is the help we need. I love this promise. A generous God, James says, you're not left alone to battle your way through, hoping that the outcome is going to be good. God, God's promise is his, his wisdom for us. I mean, who doesn't want that? He will provide you with the way forward. Yes, it will still be hard. And yes, it's going to hurt. But James says he's generous and he will give you the wisdom you need and you will find that reward. The reward is his wisdom. If you ask him in faith, you know, you you have to believe this promise. My suggestion with these things is that when you ask according to the promises in his word, you walk away from that prayer in faith. You know, when you when you pray, Lord, your word says that if we ask for wisdom, you'll give it. You then receive it, church. You walk away from that prayer in faith, believing that you've received the wisdom that he's promised to you. 
Don't expect that wisdom, though, if you're not prepared to go into your prayer closet and, and, and pray. You know, this is not just a simple little side note prayer. This is getting on our knees before the Lord because when we pray for that wisdom and the wisdom comes, he usually brings a word to us about, you know, the, the wisdom actually opens our mind to what it is he wants us to do in this situation. So you've got to be in that prayer closet to hear him, okay? Important. You know, as I conclude, let me tell you, we're in this very situation as a church. We're in a time of testing right now, and all the churches are around the world. So we will follow the word today, and we're going to consider this an opportunity. You know, I've got to admit at first, I don't want to look at the opportunities. I'm happy with what how things are to a certain extent. It's kind of testing for everything to be flipped upside down. I've found it hard. And I know that many of you have found it hard in your own personal lives as well, in your business lives and your families. I'm grateful for the way this church has responded. You know, for me personally, um, my job, it, it seems to be secure here, but that's not always the case for everybody who's watching today. But I've spent a lot of time thinking about all the other parts of the church and how it's all been flipped around. You know, I don't, I don't like, I'm good with change. I don't like sudden change. I'm the sort of person that likes to consider things, you know, get the facts on the table, feel comfortable about things before I, I move forward. And, I, and, and that was kind of taken from me. But God is telling me, he's telling us, you know, church, Hills Church, there's an opportunity here. The big one is that we're going to learn endurance. <laughs> you know, when we get through this together with God's wisdom and help, we know we can face many other challenges that might be ahead of us as a church. Isn't that wonderful? You know, we'll be able to face them and think, well, we got through that pandemic. We couldn't even meet in the church for months. And here we are still going for God. We're still reaching people. We'll be able to face things with a renewed confidence. But I also think there's going to be other opportunities that God has asked us to consider. You know, for one thing, uh, we're looking at how we can continue this online presence. And it'll be, uh, as we go forward and we start to meet again, uh, eventually down the track, we're thinking about having this uh, live streamed. So it won't even be pre-recorded. It'll go live out onto the internet. A lot of churches are thinking about this because we've found an opportunity. We've been able to reach more people with our worship service and with the, with the scripture and with the gospel. And so we're, we're looking into that. That's an opportunity for us, which I'm actually excited about. It's, it's more work and um, you know, we've got to change things. And, and even it might be a little bit different for us here as well on a Sunday, but it's an opportunity we don't want to miss. We're also looking at how we can be a church that better serves the most important needs in our neighborhood. And, you know, we've talked about this. We already do this in, in many ways and we do it well, but I actually think there's an opportunity to do some new things. And we're going to be talking about that as we move forward. I see these opportunities in this time of testing. They're here for us as a church. They're out there for, for us as we, as we walk closer with Jesus. This is an opportunity for us individually as well to connect with Jesus the way that he wants us to connect with him the way that he's trying to connect with us 
let's, let's not miss that opportunity. You know, these are things of joy. There's a time for a fresh start in many ways, a time to clean out our life of junk, the stuff that hinders our relationship with him, a time to pull back. Perhaps for some of you, it's a time to pull back from doing too much. It's a time to be more with our, with our spouse and families. It's a time to work on our marriage. It's a time to work on our, you know, our health as well, our physical health, our emotional health. All those opportunities are coming our way. See, now I can see it. I can see the opportunities for the future of this church and with my walk with Jesus. And as I see those opportunities, you know, there's a feeling of great joy. I get it. I know what James is talking about. Would you pray with me as we close? Lord Jesus, uh, you're calling us through your word today to learn endurance. You're calling us, Lord, um, to a more mature walk with you. You're, you know, this is like the disciples in the, in the New Testament that had to face all of these times of testing and, and trials and, and trouble. And they just became just incredible saints, uh, men and women who we still read about to this day, who learnt endurance. They took opportunities when they came. Lord, we I'm thinking about when you, you know, after, soon after you left and went and ascended back into heaven and the church was born, but then it was soon persecuted and spread throughout the, the world and the opportunity for your gospel to, to be spread, that, that, that happened and it was taken. There's opportunities now, Lord, right now for Hills Church, for every church in this area, in this city and in this country. God, for your word to go out, actually, across the internet and in other ways. You know, for us, as we go back to work and to school and to uni, there's opportunities, God, and they bring us great joy when we think about them. And I pray, Lord, that you will reveal those opportunities to us, help us, help us to take them. But God, I pray for each and every one of us that we would learn endurance, that we, you know, we would be emotionally healthy, that we would be mature in our faith, and, uh, and that your whole church would know this lesson through James today. Lord, I pray for everyone going through uh, trials, through trouble, through testing, and also even temptation. I lift every single one of those person up to you right now. I pray, Lord, that you will speak into their hearts, not only words of comfort and peace, um, but also, Lord, uh, help them to see an opportunity for great joy. And even when it's hard to see, Lord, just remind them that it's there somewhere. We pray that for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.